Now, we are potentially days away from a Brexit deal or a Brexit no deal. The end is in sight. There's been so much said about how we leave the EU and what comes after, and those questions are likely to be resolved imminently. There was this last-minute hitch, talk suspended in Brussels after one of the European Union negotiators tested positive for coronavirus. But whatever arrangements are finally agreed, or into which we will lapse after no agreement, depending which it is, it is January the 1st that life changes. Now, this is one of those situations where many people say, well, actually, we know what the deal will be. The parameters are in place. Uh, so we thought we should probably look ahead at the deal and in particular ask how different it is to no deal because it's not, uh, it's not a very ambitious Brexit uh, free trade arrangement. It's been very, very hastily put together. We can talk to Anand Menon, Director of UK in a Changing Europe, and Ali Renison, the Head of EU and Trade Policy at the Institute of Directors. Um, Ali, let's just start on trade. Do we know mm -hmm. the basic outline that, of, of what this deal is going to have in it? I think if you were doing planning for it, uh, insofar as one is going to be the UK is going to be outside in the single market in the customs union, the argument is is that um, certainly from a planning perspective and the government goes that one should be prepared for effectively what we call third country controls, third country rules, what it means to be outside of the single market customs union but trading with the EU. So we, we know that it's going to be a fairly goods-focused deal. Um, there's not a huge amount that was trailed by the UK government in what it was seeking for in terms of services. But I think, uh, and where it becomes difficult for businesses, is that you don't have that detail. So, for example, we know that um, to deal with some of the um, uh, Irish protocol issues, which we might come back to, that the UK government is seeking sort of a lot of derogations, basically from EU law, to make sure that food supplies can go from mm. GB to Great Britain to Northern Ireland. Um, but we don't actually know whether they'll get those but, derogations. But you're way ahead of us. The, but the broad thing is, it's a zero tariff deal. You can you can send your goods. Yeah without taxes going into the European Union, but you have to prove they come from Britain, so there's a lot of paperwork involved. Is that right? Sure, but that I think only deals with one element of it. The big question is, is what are the UK and the EU going to agree in terms of each other's regulations? And I think that's the sort of big question mark hanging over that, because that really determines outside of tariffs, which are a big big issue, but it's sort of known quantity. You know what they are in a deal or no deal setting. We don't actually know the extent, the full level of the detail of the kind of checks and controls that are going to be in place between the UK and the EU until we see that deal. Okay. Um Anand, just first on trade, do you, do you broadly agree with the assessment we've heard from uh, Ali Renison there? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and services, <laughs> we should say, don't get much access. I mean, they, they can sell, but it's, it's, they'd get no special treatment at all over anywhere, anywhere else in the world. No, and things like, for instance, one of the things the British government inquired about was mutual recognition of qualifications, where, say, a British qualified architect could go and practice in the EU. And if we don't get that, then those, that architect is going to have to seek to qualify in the relevant EU country before they can practice there. Right. Um, on security, what's the difference between deal and no deal, Anna? Do we Do we get any access to those European databases? Uh, with no deal, then no. Uh, even with a deal, it's possibly no, because we have to fulfil what's called an adequacy decision, which means that the EU considers our plans, how we treat data, uh, privacy of personal data is a big issue in the European Union. But So it's not clear that with a deal we definitely would, but without a deal we would lose that access automatically on the 1st mm -hmm. of Jan. So let me ask each of you, how much is riding on this? Because at one stage we had the debate between soft Brexit and hard Brexit, uh, and, and deal and, and no deal is, the, if you like, the hardest of Brexit. But what is the difference between this deal? How significant is the difference? 
between the deal and the no-deal outcomes that we're currently facing? And and, and first? Uh, I think the difference is significant, and the difference is mainly, for me, political, because if we get a deal, then the British government and the EU find themselves on the same side of the debate, and both sides will have an incentive to work to make the deal well as well as possible. And I think that will have an immediate impact in helping to lessen the immediate disruption in January. I mean, even with a deal, there should be some disruption because, as Ali said, there is a need for checks and things. But with both sides on the same page, as it were, they both will have an incentive to limit it. And more broadly, I think, if we get a deal, it'll prevent the kind of diplomatic fallout that I suspect will happen in the event of no deal if both sides go home and start to blame the other for the outcome. And that could seriously sour our ability to work with European partners for the next weeks, if not months. And Ali, do you... Do- does business think there's a really big difference? Maybe they, they're confused and think there's a massive difference between the two. I think some people are perhaps confused by thinking that, you know, um, there's still going to be some kind of deal that replicates the effects of the single market and the customs union. That's not going to happen. Um, but I do think that Anand's right, that it actually is more significant than some people would give itself uh, get credit for. And it's not just in terms of the shape of the deal um, or sort of the sort of coordination that will keep it from becoming a really anim- a relationship for all of animosity. I think it's that what we call the a- economic confidence multiplier effect of no deal. And um, sort of amongst the minority of our members who say that they want to be able to prioritize diverging from EU rules, the vast majority of them say that having a deal is important, particularly because of the pandemic context that we're operating in. Mm. And, and uh, Menon, Ali Renison, we don't have to wait that long. I mean, there are deadlines and the, generally the first is the, the final one, but they can have to agree something or agree not to agree well before that. I'm sure we'll be talking to you again on this topic. Thank you both.